there. Welcome to the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. My name is Marilyn Ritchie, and I have been a mentor and a scientist for 15 years, and I wanted to find a platform to reach more of the academic community than I interact with at my own university. My goal is to give you strategies and ideas for how to achieve harmony between work and life. Sit back, relax, and let's achieve harmony together. Hey there, friends. This is Marilyn, and I am back for another episode of the Calm Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I was debating what to talk about in this episode. I have like five different topics that are reeling around in my brain right now, but I decided to go with one that um, really resonates because of the stress that I know that some of my friends and my work colleagues are going through right now at this stage of the pandemic. So just for reference, I'm recording this in November of 2020. So we are, gosh, what is eight months into the COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, the year 2020 has been largely upside down for most of us with working from home and virtual school and a lockdown and then things are open, but not the same. So it's just been a hard year. And the thing that I keep seeing my friends say and colleagues say either in person or on social media or when I talk to them on the phone or on a Zoom call, they just feel like they're failing everywhere. They're failing at home. They're failing at work. You know, they are the worst employee, the worst mom. They're just failing all over the place. And I have to admit, I have definitely caught myself feeling like that from time to time. Not all the time, but there are just days that, man, it just feels like you can't win anywhere. And what occurred to me is that I think that during a very unusual year, like what we're having and, and really, it's probably the case in any year, but, but especially now, spending some time thinking through the question, what is success for me right now? What does success even look like? I think that's a really good exercise to do right now because maybe we are failing or losing at what we previously would have defined as as being successful. But in the context of what's happening, it's not even possible for those things to happen. So why are we measuring ourselves up against that bar of success? And perhaps what we should be doing is is adjusting or reevaluating the bar. So I want to start today by just asking the question, have you ever sat just by yourself still and contemplated what does it mean to to be successful? What does success look like to you? And what does success feel like to you? Is it a certain type of job? Is it a certain amount of money? Is it a certain type of family? Is it a certain car? Is it a certain way that you feel? Is it a certain amount of things that you get done? 
you know, this might seem like a silly thing to sit and do, but I have found it to be incredibly helpful because my definition of success for me has evolved throughout my life. I know, you know, as a teenager and when I was in college, success was very much driven by my grades. I have always been an overachiever at school. I wanted A's and A pluses if possible, and I would work like hell to get them. And I didn't care so much if I had time for photography or to do crafty things. Like that wasn't quote unquote success for me. At that time, success was grades. And it was pretty binary at that point in my life. You know, now, 35 years later, um, I don't think that grades are as important. Certainly they're important. And my kids would probably tell you that they, they, their perception is that I think they're really important. But they're not important unilaterally anymore. The way I feel about grades now is that they're just one aspect of what kind of being successful in school looks like. So back to the exercise, I think it can be really helpful to sit and just think it through. I've also spent some time in the past actually jotting them down just in a notebook or in the notes function on my phone and go back and look at it a couple months later to see how it shifts and how it changes. And while you can't quickly do this, you know, over time, one of the other things you could do is to think back to your past self, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago, what did success look like? And have you achieved it? Or have you not quite achieved it yet? So before we go on a bit more in kind of some of the strategies that I use, I am going to tell a, a story. Um, I haven't really told this story to too many people. It, it was pretty soul crushing when it happened. So uh, I'm going to be vulnerable here and share it with all of you as a, hopefully an opportunity for you to see why it can be so important, especially for those of you in academia and who work in a kind of very competitive and um, judgmental space like academia can be. All right, here goes. So many years ago, and I'm not going to put the dates into the story, hopefully to protect the anonymity of the uh, people that I interacted with at the time and the places that I was working. We'll leave it at that. I had a situation happen at work that absolutely crushed my soul. I was destroyed. I in not so many words, was told that I was not needed anymore and I was not wanted anymore in this particular workplace. I was devastated. I 
didn't know it at the time, but I had put my entire self-worth into my success in my career. It was what got me up in the morning. It is what motivated me. It is how I measured my worth. It was how I decided how I was doing. And when this happened, I spent, oh, at least 24 to 48 hours on the couch. I'm not sure I got up off the couch. I think I even had meals brought to me on the couch, the little bit that I ate. I cried a lot. I, I just, I came unraveled. I did not know how to cope with that reality because it, it shouldn't happen to me. I, I work so hard and I do excellent work. I have an amazing work ethic. How could this possibly happen? And I remember saying to my husband, I, I'm nothing. I'm worthless now. Who am I if not this role at work? And he looked at me so puzzled and said, what are you even talking about? That's your job. There are so many other things that go into who you are. You're a wife, you're a mom, you're a friend, you're part of a community, you're a daughter, you're a sister, you have so many roles. What this is your job. It yeah, it stinks that this thing happened, but this is not who you are. This doesn't define you. Why are you letting this define you? And it really was the kind of grab them by the shoulders and shake that I needed. I I don't know how it happened. I don't know when it happened, but I had totally lost my perspective. I had become so laser focused on my career that I I forgot that my my self-worth was not equal to my career. It it's part of it, but it's one part of it. I then realized why anytime there was a problem at work, some stressful situation, some issue, it totally consumed me and consumed my mood. I was under a lot of stress and for years, this wasn't like this at this incident, I was always stressed. And it largely had to do with me relying solely on the temperature of what was happening at work that day to decide on my mood and decide on my worth and decide on how successful I was being. So this event led me down a path of trying to better understand my self-worth and identify books to read and podcasts to listen to and activities to do to not allow this to happen. We should not be all consumed with one aspect of who we are. We as individuals are multifaceted. We have lots of things that make up who we are and our self-worth is not tied to only one of them. It just isn't. And so the rest of what I wanna do today is just talk a little bit more about how I changed my mindset and perspective and how that loops back into, like what does it even look like to 
be successful or to feel success. So the realization during this time was that I had to change my mindset and I had to shift my perspective. I could not allow my self-worth and my view of whether or not my life was successful 100% hinging on what was happening in my career. It just, it, it couldn't be that way anymore. And, and I say this as a person who, in the grand scheme of things, I have been successful in my career. It's not as though career isn't going well for me. It just, any time there was a hiccup, a rejection, a uh, really stressful confrontation, it totally consumed my personality and my mood. And while it's, I don't want to kind of make light of those things, career and your job is important, but it's not the only thing. So... What I did to start to get a more balanced view of success and self-worth first was reading some leadership books and also some personal development books. I think the key two that really did it for me getting started were uh, one was by Jen Hatmaker and it's called For the Love. And it's a book about perspective on just everyday things that we do. And I think it's called For the Love because multiple times in the book, she uses that phrase. You know, you're, you're going to host a birthday party for your whatever year old child. For the love, it does not need to look like a Pinterest birthday party. It does not need to have pony rides and a petting zoo. That's kind of the gist of um, the, the tone of the book. Um, it, it really opened my eyes to a world of educating myself about mindset and a growth mindset, thinking through how we can constantly learn and change and grow as people. And that that can be really, really rewarding and allow us to experience change in positive ways rather than waiting for the world to change around us. We can make change just based on how we view the world and how we feel. Uh, I also really liked the book High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard. That was another great early read for me. And some of the leadership books by Stephen Covey. Very, very good. I also started listening to podcasts. I am a really big fan of, well, the same authors that I talked about. So Jen Hatmaker and Brennan Burchard both have great podcasts that I listen to. I also really like Ed Milet. He is a former athlete and... He now has a great podcast. He interviews great people. Um, Oprah Winfrey, Super Soul Conversations. They're spectacular. And early on, I also listened to the Rise podcast, which 
has the host uh, Rachel Hollis and sometimes her soon-to-be ex-husband Dave Hollis. They were really transformative for me. They helped me just start to gain perspective on success and self-worth. I also really adopted the realization that exercise and rest are really important. I really took for granted the requirement of movement and sleep that correlate to how we feel. And as soon as I actually started to pay attention to how much I was moving my body and how much I was resting, I realized that the days that I felt great were days that I was well-rested and that I had exercised. I never really had made the correlation before. You know, I remember in the past saying, rest is for the weak. I'll sleep when I'm dead. I, I was an idiot. I, I don't know where I heard that. I don't know where I learned that. I'm so glad now that I've unlearned that. Rest is for the strong. It's how we repair our minds and repair our bodies to take on the next day. So really starting to take care of physical health became a key component. I also started to do an exercise on success. And I think this was a combination of activities from several different sources. Um, I don't remember any one of them kind of laying this out, but I would periodically just sit and think through, okay, what, what does success look like for me in all of these areas? At work, at home, in my community, for my family, and for myself. And I like to do this activity in a, a narrow view of, you know, this week. What does success look like for me this week in all of these categories? And then also a broader view. You know, at the end of the year, what, what would make me feel good and feel successful about how I spent the year in terms of those categories? So in case you... Um, were writing them down or didn't get to write them down. So the five categories are at work, at home, in my community, for my family, and for myself. And it's up to you if those are your categories or you want different categories. When I say in my community, I mean my friends and my larger community of, you know, people that I interact with. And then in each of these categories to think through what is successful What does it look like? And I often will write it down and think about it for a few days and then reevaluate it and then think through, you know, is it a good balance um, of kind of what it looks like across these different things? And then the other kind of question to ask, if you do the things on your list, how do you feel? Do they actually make you feel good? Because there is success that rewards us inside kind of our internal success. And then there's success that we do because we want to be recognized externally. And I've also found that I have to be careful not to do too many things that are all about external reward if I don't like them. Because it's great to do a thing and get rewarded and get accolades and get applause or whatever. But if you didn't like it and you don't enjoy it, it it really maybe shouldn't be one of the things that you focus on, at least not more than you have to, to maintain 
kind of the level that, that you're trying to maintain in your job or in that area. So that's the activity that I try to do. Um, think about those five categories. Think about it kind of right in the immediate kind of present time and near future. And think about it over the course of maybe a year. And evaluate for yourself what is success. So the last thing that I want to mention about this in this episode is I think it's really important not to compare your definition of success with other people. This is your life. It's your self-worth and it's your success. So while for some people, perhaps winning some award is the pinnacle of success for them and for someone else, they don't really care. Um, I'll catch myself in conversations with friends or family members about certain work things that when it happens, I'm so excited and I feel like it was such a successful, you know, day or week. And they're like, oh, that's great. And, and they're genuinely happy for me, but they don't really get it. And sometimes that perspective is a little disappointing, but sometimes it's so helpful because I'm like, oh my gosh, like this thing doesn't really matter in the scheme of like the big picture of life. It just mattered for this little window of the world that I live in. And so similarly, if somebody else is really excited and they have this big success in some other area, like that's okay. Like that's, that's their success and that's what they're working toward. So you can't judge your definition of success against other people's. If If you don't like something that's kind of in your list of things that would make you successful, then take it out. Don't do it. Um, One of the things that for a long time I have, you know, really wanted to meet certain exercise goals and really get into very specific exercise routines, I don't like them. I've tried. I love exercise, but I like yoga. I like walking. I like using an elliptical and I like riding a bike. I do not like HIIT workouts, the high intensity interval training. I hate it. I don't like body sculpting. I don't like step classes. I don't like them. And so I can put it on my list all I want that like it'll be a really successful week if I can go to four workouts. I will hate them. So they're not on my list. They're not part of my definition of a successful week or a successful day. Movement is, but I get to pick the movement. It's important that you define what success looks like, and there's no shame in your definition. It's yours. I try to build habits and some structure into my routine so that I can meet the goals that I set kind of in my what does a successful week look like. And and when I say this, I also, I should emphasize, these can be super minor. So right now during covid If I manage to do grocery shopping and we have several meals throughout the week that include all of the food groups, that's a success. If I manage to get some exercise four to five days during the week right now, that is a success because there are days right now that it's hard. It's hard to get up off the couch. It's very hard. If I can manage to get through the email from the day, 
let's not talk about the thousands of backlogged emails in my inbox. We're not gonna go there. You don't wanna see the red circle on my Outlook on my laptop. But if I can get through today's emails, that day is a success. I am winning email for the day. So these don't have to be big things. These can be minor, especially this year. Small wins are huge right now. And so my last point is go back to that list frequently and adjust it based on the season that you're in. And especially this year, right now, 2020, it is an unprecedented year in so many ways. If you had expectations of, so for the academics, you were going to publish 10 papers this year and you were going to write five grants and you were going to submit a patent and you were going to give four talks at national meetings and you were you had all of these goals and you're finding yourself now here in November realizing that you have failed miserably at most of them. You haven't failed. You just needed to go back and redefine what success for 2020 looks like. It is not possible to give four talks at international meetings when we have been forbidden to travel since February or March. It is impossible to write 10 papers when you are trying to keep your lab afloat virtually, you're trying to keep your family afloat virtually, and trying to figure out how to live during a pandemic when nothing is like it used to be. So we all need to cut ourselves some slack. We need to redefine what is success tie our self-worth to that new definition, not, not the 2019 success definition, not the 2015 what does success looks like right now. What can you do now to feel like you had a good day and you had a good week and you've been the best version of yourself that you can be right now, given what you're going through in your life? That's what we need to focus on At this point, it's getting through this and taking care of our mental and physical health as best we can. That's all I wanted to say for today. I hope you're all hanging in there. I know this is just such a weird year. And I hope that some of the the things that I'm talking about are, are at least giving you something to think about and helping you get through this. We will get through it together. Hopefully next year we will have a lot more fun, exciting, and uh, back out in the world things to talk about. So with that, I'm going to wrap up. Take care, and I'll talk to you next time. You've just listened to another episode of The Calm Podcast. I hope that some of the strategies that I talked about are helpful to you in your journey through academia and life. As they say, it's not all about the destination, it's about the journey. Let's make it a great one. Until next time.